Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Good morning, listeners. It is episode 22, and today I have a really amazing guest. Amazing. Her name is Tracy Violet, and she is a dear friend of mine, and I have completely, quote-unquote, corrupted her. Well, no, the process was started before me, but I have had the pleasure of watching her grow and shift her mindset and blossom and open up into my world. And I love this woman. We could talk for hours. So we did. And we have two episodes for you this week and next week. This week's episode will be prude to nude. And I think it'll be pretty self-explanatory as we get started. But I just want to show you this little clip just to give you an idea of Tracy and how her mind works. And uh, this is just how, how the conversation started before we even got into the interview. And so I just want to play this little clip for you and you can have a little laugh. Oh, and you just so test nice. your microphone. It, it asked me for consent. I appreciate I know. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's I, such a good quality in a app. <laughs> So Zoom is very, is very progressive. Asking you your consent go. to record. Love it. Right. Gotta like it. Gotta <laughs> like it. Gotta love that, right? She's so funny. And uh, yeah, I mean, how polite of Zoom to ask for consent before you accept to be recorded. And that's the way it should be in the lifestyle, polyamory, kink, all of those worlds, anything um, I mean, even even when we're sharing emotions, before we dump on someone, we should always ask for consent. Do you have space for this right now? Do I have your permission to share and unload on you? Do you have the energy to handle that? That was a lesson I learned. Maybe I can talk about that um, in an episode soon because I think that would be very valuable to talk about how I was called energetically rude. I learned a lot from that. I learned about energy and preserving your energy and managing your energy. But that's not what today's podcast is about. So you're just going to have to stay tuned for that one. And um, we will cover that in another episode. But today we are talking to Tracy. And I think you're going to love this because she's one of you. She is one of us. She 
started off her journey in a very unlikely way and she is now broken free authentically and it's such a beautiful thing to watch unfold and to watch her joy and happiness and her authenticity come through. And I've watched it for the past few years, just watched her come to life and blossom. So we are going to talk about that today and I'm so excited to share that with you. So without further ado, here is Tracy Violet. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. We are on episode 22, and today I am talking with a really awesome friend, Tracy Violet. I love her to death. And we met, when was it, Tracy? I think summer of 2020? Yes. Okay. So we were introduced by a friend. And so this story, I'm going to call it From Prude to Nude. How's that? (laughs) Because I think that kind of describes how we met. And then we can go from, I want to take us to like how we got to the point where we met, because that's pretty funny. That whole story. Uh, Very unlikely that we would meet there. And we'll tell you where there is. Um, Because we're from basically the same town. And we met. Well, we, I don't know. We didn't actually officially meet, but we have all the same friends all in the church. So I think, you know, you know, my sister, Yep. you know, my sister better than you knew me. I knew of you, our kids, I think went to school together. Yeah. And your daughter, total small town syndrome. Yeah. 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 Your daughter you know, went to school with my niece and blah, blah, blah. There was just a whole bunch of stuff, a whole whole bunch of overlap. So we're living our good little Christian lives in this little town (laughs) and completely oblivious to each other. And then we meet at this place. So I want to get to that because we've got to tell the story, but it's definitely the story of prude to nude. And then I want to go farther and I want to talk about sort of the journey that you've been on since we've met and kind of <laughs> how much I've corrupted you. <laughs> oh, it's been a glorious corruption though. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we could even say, you know, like we went from devoted to deviant. I mean, oh, we, we were did. both very devoted wives and mothers. Very. And um, now people would probably say that we're very deviant. Um, very. I would disagree. But you know what? Let's let's be blessedly deviant because I well, love Well, when you deviant. when you think about it, deviant simply means one who deviates or uh, strays from the path of normal and average and societal acceptance. So yes, we are very deviant. We're very very deviant and proud. So let's yep. we're not going to shame that word. And see, look at that. I'm uh, I'm thinking deviant in the, it, that's how deep the programming is, right? Like deviant to me is like, well, it's sort of an evil word. Like you don't want to be deviant, but what I'm saying is be authentic, 
live your authentic truth, break free and be authentic from the programming. And here I am going, oh, well, we're sort of deviant. But no, we're deviant. And and we should be proud of that, not judge it and not shame it. So look, your podcast host here, who is always talking about being authentic, everyone, and not shaming yourselves for your thoughts and you know the words that you use, just did it. So it's very easy to do. So just be aware and don't shame yourself for um, shaming yourself. Does it, can we say that? Don't shame yourself for shaming yourself. <laughs> don't shame yourself for judging yourself. Anyways. We are devoted to deviant, new to prude. Let's just talk about it. All right. So, Tracy, my love. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your background. Oh, my background. My background is um, uh, prude, prude, very prude. Uh, raised by very British parents, post-war British. My sex talk with mm-hmm. my mother. <laughs> as a teenager consisted of three words nice girls don't oh that was the entire summary of my sex talk and um as as you can imagine um that uh once I did my little teenage brain went okay you've picked your team So now that you have, and you are fully aware that nice girls don't, you have firmly placed yourself on the not nice girls team. There is no going back. Um, There was no concept of, you know, hey, you can make choices and you can even make not good choices, but they don't define you as a person. Mm -hmm. And I very much felt that. That choice that I made as a, dare I say it, ninth grader um, at a party mm-hmm. with booze um, had had defined me as a person. And I was now not a nice girl. Um, and couldn't be. I mean, and couldn't be. You couldn't be. Because, you know, you either were or you weren't. And there was no changing. Well, and in, in our you know, fundamentalist Christianity, like you're soiled now, right? Like you're mm-hmm. not clean and yeah. you're not pure. It was, so, it was a one way street. You could yeah. go from being a nice girl to not being a nice girl, but you, you couldn't go back. So, you know, so that, that kind of stayed there. And, um, I was, I was, I struggled with it. And my teenage, um, see, I'm so used to having to censor myself when I, oh, when I don't talk. And, and so I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, the polite words. So my teenage sexual history, now that I don't <laughs> have to censor myself, um, when I, when I met my husband at the ripe old age of 16, <laughs> um, I'd had a smallish number of partners by that point. Um, he was the first man that I had ever slept with sober and the first man that I had ever slept with a second time, um, which is, is probably a huge indicator of the amount of guilt and shame that mm-hmm. I felt over sleeping with someone. Mm-hmm. I needed to be at least slightly tipsy mm-hmm. to get to the point of being able to sleep with someone because I, I felt in my 
soul that I was crossing lines deeper and deeper into the not nice person territory. Um, and the shame afterwards, I was never drunk enough to, to not remember. Um, and the shame afterwards, I couldn't face them again. So yeah, I met my husband when I was 16. Uh, obviously he wasn't my husband at the time. <laughs> did more shame, so. more shame, right? more shame, more shame. I, he was older than me. Um, you know, neither of us knew it until we'd been dating a couple of months. We both had, had spoken to other people and went, Oh, he's kind of cute. You know, what do you know about him? And he did the same. And we were both terribly misinformed about each other's ages and thought we were much closer in age, <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, I ended up uh, pregnant by surprise. Ooh. And uh, by the time I was, uh, before I was 17, we we moved in together. We had the baby. Things were going well. Had another baby. Got married. Had a couple more babies. <laughs> <laughs> we had four kids together. Uh, very traditional marriage. Monogamous. Um, boring. You know, he, he, he was a good husband. I think I was a good wife. I was a good mom. I was a stay-at-home mom. We, um, we were, neither of us were, well, I wasn't raised in any religion. Um, he was raised in a Dutch reformed church mm. while his, uh, while his paternal grandparents were alive because that's what they do. And, uh, once, once his paternal grandparents passed away, that influence left his direct family and they were no longer involved in church, but the rest of the family still was. Um, we as a family unit were not involved in church until um, I'm trying to think timelines here. I think I was about 20. We had two kids. We'd moved out West and we didn't have any family around us, uh, met some, some good friends that were heavily involved in the church. And so I started going to church with them and it mm -hmm. filled a void mm -hmm. and started asking him to come with me. And, you know, he eventually started coming with me and then, you know, church kind of became our life. It was a very small, small, small town, very transient town, uh, Banff and Canmore. Oh, wow. Anybody will recognize tourist town. So mm -hmm. when you have locals that are living there and setting down roots, they're few and far between and they cling together because mm -hmm. nobody has family there. Um, so the church was very small, like seven or eight families small. And we became each other's family. Um, so yeah, we spent the next several years that church was our family very fundamentalist, um, very, I don't know if that's the right word, but very, yeah. um, was it evangelical yeah. Christian? What was the denomination? Pentecostal. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, church was our life and, mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it was the first, first priority and first thought process in everything we did. Like mm -hmm. there, there was, you know, any, any decision-making process was, that was, that was the first one was, mm -hmm. you know, how, how will this affect our faith? Um, what does our faith feel about this? Mm -hmm. And then it was, you know, can we afford it? Is it a good idea? Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the first question was always faith-based. Mm -hmm. um, and it just we, like, just real quick, it goes to show <laughs> the power of community, right? Like, 
Yeah. Like we are communal beings and we have a strong desire to belong and to connect to a group of like-minded people. Oh, huge. And so yeah. that is very influential, you know? And so um, I think sometimes that's used to control people um, because that is how we are, you know, is that we, we very much want to fall into a camp or a tribe and, yeah. and belong. And we don't want to veer from that because we don't want to lose that community. Right. So that's why we don't deviate very yeah. much. Right. Like deviation is wrong because you could be cast out of that community or that group. So just in terms of like those who are not religious are listening to this, like, like it's easy to, to become a part of a community and be so influenced by it because we are, you know, we have this desire to connect. So anyways, carry on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, we moved back to Ontario in 2002 after our last child was born. It was time to come, come back, you know, family issues, whatever. And again, you know, found first thing we did was find a church. And, um, again, very, very strong church community being in a, it, you know, it's the province we were both raised in, but we'd been out of for 10 years. So it was essentially like being in a new province. It right. was definitely a new town for both of us, new area, new jobs, new home, new everything. The church was familiar to us mm-hmm. that even though it was new people, it was coming home. Yep. And so again, you know, everything was, was faith-based, all our activities were church-based, you know, yeah. So strong, strong church connection. Um, I think after 11 years, we moved up to your area where we lived for five years. And again, first thing we did, find the church. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I can't, honestly, I can't even remember if I met you personally. Um, probably did, but did you ever go to moms and tots? Oh, of course. Oh no, no, actually I didn't. And that was, that was the hard part for me was that moving there was the first time I moved anywhere and didn't have young children. Oh, okay. Cause you came like when your youngest, my youngest was, I think 11 at the time. Oh, okay. Okay. So I didn't have, I didn't have young kids. So I didn't have the whole, um, you know, preschoolers and, and mom groups and play groups and stuff. Did your kids go to like a wana or anything like that later? They, They were, I think they were at the age that they all went to the various youth, youth programs. Like yeah. the the evening ones, because um, if yeah, you were, were involved with like Awana or the Grand Prix or anything, then I would have seen you. Uh, and there was like different dinners. I mean, that. that church is literally around the corner from me. It yeah. still is, right? So, like most, even though I didn't attend that church, I was involved with a lot of the stuff. Yeah, because it was walking distance from me, right? And there was a lot of programs there. So I knew a lot of the people. So yeah. we crossed paths. I know we did. 
I just, yeah. we didn't. But like my daughter was in out. your niece's class. Yeah, and so exactly. I knew your sister. And, you know, like when I, when I actually met you, I was like, oh, well, like you're the spitting image of your sister. <laughs> so you look so familiar anyway. But yeah. And I mean, our cross, our paths crossed in so many ways, just the whole small town syndrome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. And then I moved back to where I am now after five years. So the way I met you, it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love this story. So I have a good friend who owns a um, an RV park. And uh, we've been friends for, I want to say 17 or 18 years. And, and she also is a very, very strong faith Christian. Um, you know, influences every aspect of her life. She homeschools her kids. Um, you know, I, I don't want to use the term Bible thumper, um, cause it, it sounds so negative, but it, she believed it a hundred percent. It was like 110. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was, and, yeah, was um, yeah, yeah. Very, very strong faith. And, and like I said, we've been friends for 17 years, um, through, through being a an RV park owner. Um, I guess they, they do RV park owner things and there's associations and meetings and whatever. And she met, um, can I mention his name? Stefan that owns bear Oaks, um, which is a naturist campground. The family naturist camp. Family, it's it's uh, Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. Yeah. And for those unfamiliar with the term, naturism means naked. <laughs> Hence, prude to nude. <laughs> Hence, prude to nude. And so she had met him, um, and and he, being the the welcoming person that he is, he always and he's French. You know, and that helps. Yes. Um, and and he welcomes all of the other park owners. Please come visit my park. And and apparently they all do this. Please come visit my park. Come visit yeah. my park. And very few people will take him up on his offer because right. you're in nudie park. Why we don't <laughs> want to go there. Uh, but he and my friend had had a lot of conversations, and and Stefan is a very open book. He's very passionate about naturism. And so they had had numerous conversations over great lengths of time about the root of naturism and, and the reality of naturism. Um, and it, it had caused my friend to really question what her issue with naturism was. Mm. And, um, and she started to explore it. Uh, she, she vacations annually uh she goes to cuba for a week uh lucky duck (laughs) and and so over the course of several years you know she'd always noticed that that the resort she goes to has a a regular beach and then you know a kilometer down there's a topless beach and a kilometer down there's a nudist beach and and so she started to very slowly explore moving down the beach a little bit and and seeing how it felt and so she, she visited me once and, and we went for coffee and we spent about two hours talking about it. And she was just like, Tracy, you would not believe the freedom and, and that I can be naked and nobody is expecting sex from me. Oh, yeah. 
And I can be naked and nobody is looking at me and judging my body. Mm-hmm. And nobody is looking at me and telling me that I've let myself go. Mm-hmm. And nobody is telling me I should make a waxing appointment. <laughs> and nobody is telling me I looked better when they first met me. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing how many body issues I have and where they came from. Mm-hmm. Nobody's looking at me and telling me that I need to cover up because I am causing them to sin. Right. Nobody is looking at me and telling me that I am being sinful by being naked. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talked about all of that and all of the, she was also raised in a very, very strict Christian home. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she had it from birth. Um, and, and so listening to her unravel all of this, just about nudity alone. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, okay, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go with you. And, and so I, I finally went with her and, and, you know, the first, first time I went to the park, I was like, so do I just like, <laughs> just get naked? Like, I just, just get naked. This is so weird. And, you know, kind of stripped real fast and laid down on my towel real fast. And then, and then I realized like everybody's naked and nobody <laughs> cares. Yeah. And, and it was really cool. And it quickly became my favorite place to be. And oh, yeah. it is so relaxing. And so like to just sit around with a bunch of people and just have a conversation. And I don't know who I'm talking to other than the name that they've introduced me as. There's no status. There's no like, status. You know, like this person is not wearing any clothing. Mm-hmm. So I can't tell if their clothing is worth a dollar at a thrift shop or a thousand dollars at a boutique. Mm-hmm. You know, are their shoes worth more than my car? I don't know because they've <laughs> left them in their car and I don't know which car <laughs> is theirs. Yeah. And it, and it's such an equalizer. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's just a great equalizer, right? It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And, you know, do we notice, this is the big question. Do we notice other people's bodies? Of course we do. We're not blind. Yes. We notice other people's bodies the same way we notice other people's clothing. Mm -hmm. You know, do you, do you walk into a coffee shop, a bar, a grocery store, whatever, and notice someone who has a really nice outfit and go, nice outfit in your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. Or someone who has a particularly unusual outfit and mm-hmm. go, hmm, unusual outfit in your brain. Yeah. And and continue on with your day. Yes, you do. And it's the same thing in a nude environment, do you notice a particularly nice nudeness or perhaps an odd nudeness? For me, it's tattoos because I love to see them all, right? And you actually get to see them all. And, you know, a lot of them are in places that you don't normally get to see or you don't get to see the entirety of. And, and, you know, it's like, that is a really cool tattoo, but you know, whatever. Anyway, so yes, 
Bear Oaks has become my happy place. I go there a lot. Um, I have, I also have a friend who works there, um, Brady. And I was there one day in the summer and Brady says to me, so my friend is coming today and it is her (laughs) first time here. And she's a little nervous because she's coming on her own. So if you see her, please, please say hi. I think you'll love her. You guys are so much alike. I think you'll be great friends. And I said, I'm always down for great friends. And then he said, as an aside, because, you know, again, going back to the the naturism, um, the the beauty of a place like Bear Oaks and and the core of naturism is that it is non-sexual nudity. Mm -hmm. Um, There is nothing sexual about it. It is men, women, non-binary people, trans people, gender does not matter. Age does not matter. Size, skin color, nothing matters. It is just the freedom from the confines of clothing and society's expectation of clothing. Mm -hmm. Um, We are all just there to be ourselves. And I honestly feel less sexualized there than I do grocery shopping. I was just going to say grocery shopping. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not not even like, never mind going to a regular public beach in a swimsuit. Mm-hmm. Because we all know how that feels. Mm-hmm. I, I get more side eye and more looks and more up and downs and more uh-huh grocery shopping than I would. I have never been spoken to disrespectfully. I have never been um, looked at like a piece of meat. I've it's, never been approached at Barrow. It's such a beautiful environment. Like, honestly, like I think yeah. you, it's so hard to describe, but you're doing a great job because it is like you just. It is yeah. so welcoming and so safe and so respectful. Yeah. And yeah. So very clearly non-sexual. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Brady was telling me that his friend was coming and (laughs) and then he says, sort of as a, as a, as a PS, (laughs) by the way, she, she knows that, that Bear Oaks is naturism. So it's non-sexual. Um, but, but she's also a a very sexual person. (laughs) I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) And and I can't remember exactly how he put it, um, but it was like, no, no, no. I mean, like she's, she's into like stuff. <laughs> and at this point, I have known Brady since he was 13 and I was Mrs. So-and-so. Yeah. Um, and I, w- he hung out with my kids. <laughs> so. He only knew me as Mrs. Prude. (laughs) And and my kids, my kids were assholes when they were teenagers. So, so I, I was often grumpy about the shenanigans they were getting up to. Um, So, you know, I think in, in his poor little innocent mind, he was still thinking that I was Mrs. Prude at that point. (laughs) Um, so, so he warned me about you, Karina, 
and so yeah I had half an eye open for for this friend of course he's given me absolutely no description and and it's so not helpful being in a nude park because he can't say oh yeah she's gonna <laughs> She'll be, be wearing the red uh, she's gonna be wearing the red dress because <laughs> nobody is so I'm out <laughs> I'm out on my floaty in the lake just just floating around enjoying the sounds of the water and the sunshine and I bump into someone else on a floaty and and you know we're Canadians so we apologize to each other (laughs) (laughs) and then we start chatting and we just get into this great conversation and then after about 10 minutes it's like we should introduce each other (laughs) and then we introduce ourselves it's like oh my god you're Brady's friend Actually, I think because I had he had sent me a picture of you on oh, Facebook. He? he said, uh, this is my friend or whatever. And then I was talking with you and I was like, this actually could be the girl. And so I think I said, are you are you Tracy or are you Brady's friend or something like that? And you were like, yeah, are you are you Kareen? <laughs> and so that's what we're like. Yes, oh, we found each other because I mean, we like, literally coming. bumped into each other, <laughs> like actually physically bumped into each other with our floaties and then it was just so awesome because the conversation had naturally flowed before we realized Mm -hmm. that that we were supposed to meet anyway (laughs) and then just kept going and I'm a smoker in case you can't tell from my voice right now because it's also (laughs) cold season it's so sultry it's sultry right (laughs) For another three dollars, <laughs> you can have another minute. Um, yeah, <laughs> so you we burned my ass. <laughs> we went up to to sit at the picnic table and have a smoke, and then and then another gentleman came along and sat. Can I say his name? Sat down what? to have a smoke. Uh, let's call him Mark. Let's call him Mark. I was gonna. I was thinking that would be a good name for him. And and so this fellow came up and sat down to have a smoke with us and introduced himself and said his name was Mark. And just the three of us clicked and we were just chatting all afternoon and then we went for lunch and then Well, we were talking we so we started talking about our exes because we were both separated. And so right. we started talking about like just what had been what had transpired. I was newly separated. You were probably a little bit longer than me. I think I was about a year and a half in. Yeah. Okay. So we just like connected on so many levels because our stories were so similar of, of not realizing kind of how bad the relationship actually was because yeah. we were just doing our like submissive devoted wife thing, right? Like, like we were supposed to feel that way. We were, we were gaslighting su- ourselves. Yeah. And like that's just kind of common in the, and and neither of our our exes are like super toxic people like that's no. not that's not the case and like some people would say oh you're you were married to a narcissist i'm really careful to not label people narcissists like it might feel like they might have narcissist tendencies and i mean who doesn't we all do somewhat yeah. um but a true narcissist is not quite as common as what everybody's saying yeah. now. And I, I'm weary of using that term, Oh, definitely. but definitely you can have a toxic relationship without being married to a narcissist. And you might be the one causing toxicity, right? Like, True. like your triggers 
of trigger my triggers, right? Like yeah. I, my things trigger you, your things trigger me. And therefore we're both in like fight or flight, fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. And also we're not thinking rationally. And we do things that the after time, if there's not repair made after these, you know, these, these things, we get into these negative patterns. And, and honestly, we're taught to lose ourselves, especially as women, right? We're taught to not assert ourselves sexually. You know, something's wrong with us. Like there's something wrong with me because I'm the one who desired sex. And I thought for sure when I got married that my husband would want to have sex with me a lot, but that wasn't the case. So of course, then I feel bad about my body. I don't feel like I'm sexy. I don't, well, first of all, I struggled with the idea that I was allowed to be sexy and Christian, like that, those two, Yeah, that's not a good girl, right? Like you can't be a good girl and sexy. Right. Right. Like you've got to choose. And so I wouldn't even let him call me sexy, which totally affected that, you know, so we didn't really allow that side of our relationship to develop how it could have. And also we're not taught to be authentic. We're not taught to really speak our minds. We're taught to conform and -hmm. not deviate from the norm. So I think that we connected on all these things where it's like we weren't treated terribly. No. But we lost ourselves and we we were refiguring out who we are as people at this point yes. and going, wow, like life is so interesting how here we are in this place and we feel so comfortable. And, and now, mind you, I had left um, Christianity like several years before that. So I, I had been to like a nude resort and things like that. I had sort of worked through that whole nudity piece and things like that. And, um, I had also, you know, been researching and, uh, ethical non-monogamy and all these kinds of things. They were of interest to me, uh, which is why Brady needed to put a warning label on me. (laughs) But, um, anyway, so that's kind of how we connected. So here we were talking at the smoking table. And Mark also was talking about his ex because he had been married. Mm, yes. Right. And so his husband, he was devastated still. And so he he was gay. We were straight, but talking about the similarities. And so here we are. The three of us are like, you know, the three little stooges and we're all connecting over these similarities again like we're people and we all have the same core needs and mm-hmm. even though we're all so different um and so we just hit it off and we just I, the three of us just kind of hung out the rest of the day i think yeah we went to we ended up together. camping that night yeah i was yeah. like why don't you guys just stay i'm staying and i was like by myself by this big tent and uh I was like, Brady and I are going to have a fire and I brought some gin and, you know, snacks and stuff like that. I said, why don't you guys stay? And and you both were like, well, we don't live that far away or whatever. And Brady's like, we can we can get a tent. You can pitch a tent for 40 bucks. We'll pitch it for you. Yep. Blah, 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 blah. And we're like, OK, so I had a tent. You got your tent pitched. You went yep. home to grab a few things. So you and I were like the moms of the fire. Always the mom. I know. So I'm like doing like chicken and veggie wraps, which was so weird for me to be that organized. Oh, we also found out we're both ADHD. So here we are being all organized. 
you went and you got stuff to make the banana boats and we're having a blast. And like all the people around the fire are like, oh my gosh, you guys are so, you have everything you need. We're like, yeah, we got this. We the moms. moms. (laughs) Anyway, so we clicked really well. Totally. Yeah, that was, that was so much fun. We met some pretty cool people that day. yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, you, I mean, you have been so instrumental in opening so many doors for me that I, I knew were there. Mm. I just, I didn't know where I didn't, I I didn't even know how to get to the right hallway, let Mm. alone how to open those doors. So you know, going back a little bit of backstory, I was always a stay-at-home mom. I always did something besides that, whether it was, you know, taking in other kids and doing daycare or working part-time hours around mm-hmm. my husband's hours. Um, but I never had a full-on career. Um, yeah. My my life revolved around my family. Um, so let's go back real quick to the picnic table because this might be a good place to end new to prude. Mm-hmm. Or prude to nude, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and we can start part two about talking about, you know, more devoted to DVD. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Right? So this would be a great, great kind of intro. But so let's just finish off that. At the table, I, we were asking each other about things. And because we, the, the, the topic of sexuality came up because our friend Mark is, um, is gay. So yes. he was married to a man. So it got us talking sort of about sex and sexuality a little bit, it opened the door for that. And then I was talking about how I have a boyfriend and I was married and I had a boyfriend, you know, like how that just kind of um, was not normal, right? Quote unquote normal. And so I just asked, I just asked questions, right? Like I'm in a little yeah. bit of a shit disturber. So, but in a nice way, like I was like, so what do you think about you this or casual a disturber? <laughs> you are a thought provoker. Oh, I like that. People call me a, a mind fuck a lot because I am, I, I like get inside people's head and they're like, would you, can you please get out of my head? How are you in there? How, how are you saying my thoughts? <laughs> so funny. right. so but yeah so we talked about that and so I introduced this idea of ethical non-monogamy and like what are your views on casual sex and um, polyamory because you were you were single and you Mm -hmm. had dated and I had a friend who lived in your town turns out we both know them you actually knew him and you were friends with him because I was like oh there's someone in your town that maybe you would like to meet blah 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 long story short you already knew this person so that got us starting the conversation about ethical non-monogamy and you didn't really have a name for it. Yeah. You didn't know what that was. Well, thank you for listening to that interview. I realize it just kind of cut off there, but that was a good ending point. And we're going to start back in next week with the rest of the story from Devoted to Deviant. And that's going to be really exciting. And so stick around for that one. I know that you will definitely get a lot out of that. Isn't she a lot of fun? It's been fun getting to know this story um, from her perspective too, and just getting a little more details. So I hope you enjoyed that. 
I will see you next week. Don't forget to book your discovery call and ask about the Breaking Free Mentorship program. Well, as I always say, remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. I hope you have a great week and I look forward to seeing you next week. Love you. Mwah. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.